Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. We'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what to switch on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and as ever, our resident TV critics, Stephen Ross and Benjamin Jackson, are here praying, praying for January to end soon, overcoming illness and exhaustion and all sorts of things. So solidarity, everybody. Remember, if you want to see our exhausted faces, <laughs> You can head over to Freeview Channel 276 Shots, which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle, TV, film and much more. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week, Stephen brings us the much-anticipated Masters of Air. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed <laughs> when it first aired or streamed. This week, Benji takes us to the wacky world of Twin Peaks, a cult classic for sure. But first, we like to talk about what everyone has been watching recently. So, Stephen over to you yeah so well as i said last week i'd started the apple tv free trial oh um, yeah and i was hoping to milk it and and watch a load of films on there in the end because i was watching masters of the air for the kind of took over um, yeah drive, i i didn't really get much chance but i watched another apple tv second world war drama and it was a movie again with, with a tom hanks connection called greyhound tom hanks is the captain okay and He's essentially trying to cross the Atlantic and his job is to help defend the sort of flotilla of allied ships as they're crossing the Atlantic through the U-boat peril and the German okay. uh, submarines. And I watched it with my friend and he's also quite you know, discerning about movies and we both just thought it was, for the first half, laughably quite bad. Really? Like... In, like, really obvious ways. So they're on this ship in quite choppy weather, often with, like, doors open, moving around in the middle of, like, a firefight. And there's no movement from anybody on board the ship. They're just standing stock still as if, like, they're on a green screen because presumably they were. And there's no, like, sound in the background. You, you Like, someone just shouts through a doorway from outside the quite ship. Clearly. You can just hear them. Yeah. I turned to my friend and said, the sound on this is is terrible. And he said, he was just looking on his phone, he said, yeah, it won the Oscar for best sound. No. And, like, I mean... That is so maybe random. If you're not, I think it's only, you know how, like, when you notice something and then you can't stop noticing it, but I sort of thought, A, the sound is just terrible. Like, you, it's very difficult to hear a lot of what they're saying because they're mumbling, and then... The sound doesn't seem to make sense. And then also the like dramatic sounds, like the Jaws music, that kind of thing, just seemed very amateur and obvious. And like, oh, something's about to happen now yeah, because yeah. it's going... <laughs> and I thought, this is, this is amateur hour. And he was like, yeah, no, it won, won best sound. The second half was a lot better, but I think Tom Hanks definitely phoned it in. Like, it wasn't a, a strong... Weird. It, it felt like um, the movie that it should have been another Captain Phillips yeah. and it just had none of the, like, emotion. We we didn't care about any of the characters. I, I don't think I could tell you any of their names. None of them had any personalities. It was it was pretty bad and it was one of the first Apple TV original movies. That's what I was well, going to say. So I feel great. like I have no knowledge of this thing whatsoever. I've never heard of it. So, you know, <laughs> I think you might be onto the fact that it's a bit of a 
Lemon. What do you think? Benji, have you heard of it? Uh, no, but I mean, I could imagine that if it was one of the first Apple TV Plus movies that perhaps there was a bit of fine-tuning, perhaps it's a bit of a, a learning curve for them trying mm. to balance releasing prestige originals. Ambition. But- yeah, yeah, yeah. Ambition, but that ends up just becoming, to quote the great uh, Han Solo, "Delusions of Grandeur." So, yeah. but I, I know that if I'm correct, Stephen, that Tom Hanks had a, a was it a three movie deal because he did that one for uh, Apple TV Plus that kind of looked like they were uh, cribbing off Wall E. Is that correct? Oh, um, I I'm gonna rely on you for that and say I'm going to nod and say yeah I do because I remember seeing the promotion behind it but I don't know controversial as it sounds kind of a little bored of Tom Hanks these days Mm. he's kind of everywhere isn't he he's kind of got his finger in so many pies it's like okay and at some point he's going to bump into another version of himself in all these war movies because he's been in every aspect of the second world that's quite funny maybe you should write that film Stephen maybe you should (laughs) it'll be a bit of a being John Malkovich um you could call Spy it like off. Big Two. Big Two, <laughs> Big two. cruise control. <laughs> okay, so um, major avoid on Greyhound and Apple TV. I'm sure lots of people will be avoiding it because they won't have Apple TV anyway, but fair enough. <laughs> uh, looking forward to hearing about Masters of Error in a while, though, and I know you spent a lot of time watching that. So cool. Okay, Benji, tell us, you've not been well, so you've probably been doing a little bit more viewing than the rest of us. Tell us, what have you been watching? S- somewhat. I mean, when you have a man flu like, like I've had, you know, I hear your one eye peering underneath the cover. <laughs> Drinking lem sip after lem sip. Um, you, you kind of get a bit feverish. You kind of get a bit weird. So uh, my viewing habit was watching the entirety once again of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Oh, that's just, you just, I can understand. I got into it because um, there was a documentary called The Brony Movie, which just basically followed uh, the whole subculture of bronies when it was – peak kind of fandom back in like would have been late 2000s early 2010s and i i went yeah. into the series thinking this this is just going to be childish and trivial uh no it's actually <laughs> brilliant it was like old school <laughs> simpsons that had like a bit of a morality play going on nice. so I, I enjoyed re-watching that for anyone that wants to know how i watched it i'll out myself now i own it on dvd so <laughs> Benji, I love it. I brought it. it with me. I brought it with. I brought it over with me from New Zealand, along with my I, wife and my personal belongings. So I have to say, I have such respect for your massive genre spanning likes. Like, good for you. Yeah, I, I, and so hard recommend there. So that's good, especially if you're ill. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely hard recommend. You just need a bit of escapism, and then. On the flip side of that, I ended up uh-huh. also making time to watch uh, Bob Hoskins in The Long Good Friday, which was a <laughs> 1980s British gangster movie that yeah. heavily influenced the genre. I mean, if you go and watch The Long Good Friday, which is basically about what effectively has become Canary Wharf in London in the 80s mm. and a British mobster, one of the, you know, with Bob Hoskins, oh, I want to get into the old... Uh, the, the building game, I'm, I'm tired of being a thug. I just want to get and be in proper British and, you know, get into yeah. industry again. Yeah. And then you go and watch Rock and Roller by Guy Ritchie, which was basically about mm. a British mobster who mm. had his fingers in many pies regarding developments. And that last scene in the taxi has been one that has been 
frequently. And it's up there with how the untouchables, the iconic scene with the pram that goes down the staircase mm. and how that was borrowed from Battleship Potemkin. There's my media course knowledge coming through there. <laughs> uh, but it, it was one of those scenes that everybody has taken or derived from the whole, I'm in the back of a taxi, I'm in trouble, and I've just got this contemplative look on my face. Yeah, and, yeah um, mm-hmm. I love Bob Hoskins. I, I yeah. only knew Bob oh. Hoskins through originally Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, yeah. Is he still alive? Came- yeah. Is no, he? no, no, he died. He died oh, 2017 he? or 14. Oh. Okay. But I remember going back to watching Super Mario interviews he did, and I re- mm. will always remember the classic comment of, oh, my uh, son showed me he's just this character that jumps up and down the video game. Why once played King Lear? And that was the end of the interview. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mario is King Lear. Love it. I'm on board for that. Gotta just be. to... Uh, quickly interject for anyone who doesn't own my little pony on dvd you can watch it on sky and long good friday is on amazon prime thank you Stephen. thank you thank you okay so there's a bit of a segue there from um mario to i've not been watching anything particularly new this week just continuing with like the traitors and after the flood and true detective and all that so i'll chat about some of them next week but the oscar nominations came out since we last spoke and mario didn't get any. Oh, it's oh, yeah, it really did it. Nothing. No, it no, didn't get the song did. for Peaches and it didn't get animation, which I am pretty annoyed about, to be honest. You were quite upset about that, were you, Kelly? I was very upset about it. Agreed. So, were you um, upset about it as much as people are upset that Barbie apparently has been snubbed, apart from the fact that it's gotten eight nominations? Exactly. And when I went on this morning to look at it and I was like, well, it's got loads of nominations. And I know Greta Gerwig, okay, fair enough. And Margot Robbie. But like Margot Robbie's performance is like she's playing a doll. You know, it's not like, do you know what I mean? Can I just interject and say that before, so I was covering the Oscars yesterday. and (laughs) I didn't care before, before, I do now. (laughs) About an hour before the results, I turned to my friend who actually is the friend that I watched Greyhound with. And I said, wouldn't it be strange if Ryan Gosling wins Best Supporting Actor but Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig both miss out on nominations yeah. and, and he said oh, yeah that would miss the entire point of the-. and that happened um, I, I think I think Greta Gerwig's more of a snub than, I agree. than Margot Robbie I agree that's what I was just about to say yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah. but I do you do sometimes think to an extent like because of the weight of the film Margot Robbie should have maybe got a nomination. Like I'm glad America Ferreira did. Yeah. I thought she was really good in Barbie and I felt like she was very overshadowed in the publicity, you know, and I thought she was actually yeah, quite a sure. key character in it, you know. But anyway, okay, but sorry. But Margot did, like, considering she was playing a doll, she did properly put mm-hmm. the work in for her. Like, it was a pretty stonking performance. I, I don't necessarily think she should have got a nomination, but it, it, it's... It's more that Ryan Gosling did and she didn't. Yeah. And I think Greta Gerwig, and Greta Gerwig was snubbed as well for uh, in 2020 with Little Women. Mm. And that was a whole thing back then. So to potentially snub her again here is is an interesting one. So, yeah, as as we were saying there, so Oppenheimer has done very well. 13. Yeah. 13 Barbie's got, what, eight? Poor things. Yeah, poor things. Poor things got 11. Yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon got 10. Yeah, so they're dominating, aren't they? You know, but I think it's going to be interesting. I'm hoping Killian Murphy does the business, but Saltburn got none. Yeah. Which I think we were in agreement about, weren't we, a few weeks ago? Is that snubbing or is it like just reality? I'm not sure, but it's interesting how it's like, um, 
but I'm half expecting the BAFTAs to give them all the flowers now. That's my mm. prediction. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, so there was, a, there was a little bit of controversy. Again, not an awful lot of black women nominated, which seems to be an ongoing issue. And um, yeah, but anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a few weeks' time. Stephen, we're going to go to you now to talk about Masters of Air, which um, has been hotly, hotly, hotly anticipated. Is it all it's cracked up to be? You've watched all of it now. Fair play. Tell us. Yep. So it's it's pretty good. Masters of the Air. It's the a, Air. Sorry. Um, it's, a, it's a successor series, a spiritual successor to Band of Brothers, which I guess is one of the very early, super, super pr- prestige TV yep shows where tv shows basically became movie level experiences band of brothers in 2001 followed american soldiers in europe following the uh, d-day landings and the push on to to berlin and was sort of a fantastic horror of war series the pacific less well received but i think still generally popular Mm. followed the american experience in japan and obviously the pacific arena and now we have Masters of the Air, which follows American fighters and bombers in the B-17 Flying Fortress planes, flying missions over Germany in occupied Europe uh, during the Second World War from bases in in Britain. So you you have a bit you have a bit of the very stereotypical British characters in it who are not the villains, obviously because they're the Allies, but they're sort of a bit snobby and very RP and mm. they don't come off too well, which is fine. You know, I don't mind. We, we, we all know that, that we sort of helped the Americans out more than they helped us out. So it's, we can, we can laugh at it when they, <laughs> when they come back at us. Right. But um, yeah, it's got a super duper cast, this film. So it's got Austin Butler, who we now all know from Elvis. Elvis. Mm-hmm. He, he was sort of fairly, fairly low level in, in, in the UK until he did, um, once upon a time in Hollywood, and then Elvis really sort of shot him to like mega stardom mm-hmm. and Masters of the Air. He he's great, and he plays Major Gail Cleveland, who is one of the sort of main pilots that we follow. Uh, and he he is cast alongside Callum Turner as John Egan. You have Barry Kern who plays Biddick, and one of my uh, probably my favourite character in it, Anthony Boyle plays Crosby, and Crosby is a, a navigator and he's super nervous. He gets airsick. He doesn't have God. any faith in his own abilities, and in the end, it turns out that he's probably one of the best navigators they've got. He comes in clutch all the time, and he keeps putting it down to luck and just dying himself. And he has a really nice development of uh, the series he comes up against some real like bad luck and some unfortunate incidents but he's he's a great um character a real bit of inner turmoil as well um but it's the series is exec produced by steven spielberg and tom hanks who worked obviously together on the the probably definitive 90s world war ii movie saving private ryan and then came together for band of brothers and the pacific i would say it's closer to band of brothers than than the pacific it's it's got a lot of insanely good action scenes but the the first couple of episodes i didn't think the emotion the emotional impact was there but it really came in sort of from episode three onwards i guess Mm. Um, maybe they didn't want to overload you at the start it's got some proper brutality in there 
it it was made for for two hundred fifty million dollars, which, well, reportedly two hundred fifty million, which per episode would make it the third most expensive TV series ever wow. made uh, behind Rings of Power and Stranger Things. So you and you can see the budget. The visually, it's it's pretty stunning. Um, is it a discrete series that is not going to go on? Is it? There's not going to be future. Series? No, it, I imagine. I imagine it'll be like Band of Brothers. Well, no, it won't go on because they the war is seen through in, in the okay. series. So it, it'll be a, another Band of Brothers type show where it's one and done. the entire, yeah. well, a, a vast swathe of the war from this perspective. I, I hope they do more. I hope they come back with, you know, maybe an African campaign series or or a, what I would love to see is a, is a submarine series or like the the Atlantic mm. series where they're, they're, they're sort of manning the... Uh, fright over the Atlantic. I think that would be mm. fantastic. Um, but yeah, I heavily recommend this. It's um, yeah, so it's a great, great series, especially great history buff. So people can get a week's free trial, can't they? Of Apple TV and binge it all if they want. Yeah. <laughs> so well, yes, you'll have to wait a little while though. So it comes out on the twenty sixth with the first two episodes, and then it's weekly. So if you wanted to watch it all with your free trial, you probably want to watch wait until yeah the end in like March oh, okay. and then binge it all. Darn it. <laughs> um, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, if you want to be on top of it, you're going to have to sus- subscribe to Apple for a few months. Okay, cool. That sounds great. I am actually looking forward to watching that. And yeah, God, the cast is amazing, isn't it? So that'll be great. Benji, over to you. We're going to talk about, I mean, like quite different <laughs> TV series here. And Confession Time, I have never watched Twin Peaks. Well, let me let me just break it down for you. It's a nice, simple Dude. TV series, Twin Peaks. Oh, I it's mean, crime... I think everybody knows it, though, don't they? Everyone knows Twin Peaks. They know what it's about. They know yeah, names of characters. I mean, they know it's... it's a cult. It is a cult classic completely. But it's like I've never I never actually sat. I actually remember when it came out the first time. 1990 what? 19. What was it? What was it? What year? 1990, I think. Uh, well, it first stayed on ABC in 1990. And and for those that perhaps aren't familiar with the series, it, it, it it's pretty simple. It's about uh, it's a almost like a crime procedural drama that's based around an FBI agent teaming up with a local sheriff to determine who killed the body of a woman called Laura Palmer. Hence, the tag for the first season was "Who Killed Laura Palmer," uh, and it takes its name from the coastline or the sleepy little lumbering town. Uh, where the murder took place and is being solved, which is Twin Peaks. And, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic show. Thanks for coming. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's a David Lynch production, though, so there's more to it than that. Yeah, of course. It, there is, of course, the cult and the fandom. Uh, with it being David Lynch, it means that anything and everything can Could happen. happen. <laughs> so we're, we're <laughs> yeah. treated to uh, Agent Dale Cooper, played by uh, a regular collaborator with David Lynch, Carl McLaughlin, who was a Dune and Blue Velvet. He uses a bunch of unorthodox methods, including spiritualism, First Nation mysticism, to try and find out who, or not to spoil it too much, what killed Laura Palmer. And every cast member has their own little idiosyncrasies. Agent Cooper sending memos on his recorder, 
we, we never find out who he is talking to until a couple of seasons later. We have an audience surrogate, I felt, in the form of the local sheriff, Harry Truman, who is basically the straight man as opposed to all of the well-meaning but slightly odd town folks in Twin Peaks, which may, I have to give a big shout-out to. Um, she died when the recording of... Uh, Twin Peaks The Return, which was the third season that came out a couple of years ago. Um, the Log Lady. And I'm sure <laughs> if you're not familiar with The Log Lady, she was a character that used to walk around with a log and the log would actually be a conduit to the spirituality in Twin Peaks, such as, for example, my log believes that it's a spirit that has killed Laura Palmer rather than anything else. Okay. Right. It, it's a log. The <laughs> right. log, for every reason, is a conduit, not tarot card readings or anything like that, but a log. Mm. Uh, I really don't want to give too much away because much like Cooper remarks in the diner in Twin Peaks about the cherry pie, there's a damn fine television series that had a very damn fine prequel with Fire Walk With Me, which starred uh, mm. the late David Bowie, and the second season venturing more into the lore actually killed Laura Palmer, but it's brilliant. You could, I mean, I haven't got too much time. I could probably go into an entire podcast about Twin Peaks, the whole mythos surrounding it and everything like that. But, you know, unfortunately, if you want to watch it, it's on Paramount Plus, so a subscription is required. There might be a possibility that it might still be on Sky Atlantic, which showed Twin Peaks The Return when that first came out, but I know for a fact okay. all three seasons are on Paramount Plus. And yeah, okay. I, I can't do it justice within the five minutes to talk about it. You have to go and see it. I even know. if you're not a Lynch fan, Lynchian yeah. is a word now in the cinematic universe that gets used a lot. And Twin Peaks is definitive, you know, a, a, a def not offensive to the point where you, I mean, yeah. Firewalk with me is a different story, but yeah, it's entry level Lynchian okay. surrealism and it's fantastic. So it's on Paramount Plus, well worth binging, especially in the cold weather, especially in the cold weather. I think it's worth saying that probably nowadays we're a bit more used to sort of surrealism or sort of otherworldly elements coming into sort of like normal TV programs or whatever, yeah. you know. Whereas he, he was one of the first people to do it. He was the, one of the first people to be like, what if this happened? Yeah, I mean, it's the only TV series I can recall where the opening episode both had the impactful reveal of Laura Palmer wrapped in plastic being found. But yeah. that same episode having Jack Nance, another frequent Lynch collaborator, because he was Henry and a Razorhead, uh, remarking, oh, there was a fish in the percolator. So that's the kind of humour that Lynch goes for, the very yeah. stark but then very yeah. surreal. Off the wall, yeah. But I think because of that, it did become, it, like, it It must be the most cited TV programme. You know, it, it's been referenced in yeah, everything I mean, from, like, The when Simpsons. We, yeah, to, when we talked about The Sopranos, we talked about how The Sopranos opened the doors for prestige television. But I think perhaps we're mm. not too kind on how Twin Peaks did that on a network, which was ABC, which is the equivalent to maybe our ITV Channel 4 in America. And the fact that he got, a, they asked him to do a soap opera, kind of like a crime drama, and he got away with 
what mm. David Lynch thinks a soap opera should look like is incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fact that he got away with those elements of surrealism, of spiritualism, and just absolute existential horror at times as well when you realise just yeah. exactly is unfolded. And if you don't have time to dedicate to all three seasons, the international version of the pilot acts as just basically a one-and-done, which gets confusing. Oh, interesting. Then... If you watch it on some streaming services, they will play the international pilot and then you get confused. But this has all been solved. Why do they continue? So if you get a chance, watch the original oh, pilot annoying. rather than okay. the international pilot. Otherwise, mm. you just have the whole thing ruined for you. Or, you know, or don't. Just watch the whole thing because it's Lynchian and it's great. Great, great, great. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much, Benji. And thank you for joining us this week, everyone. Do look out for Friday morning's Screen Babble Weekend Watch, which will preview what to watch over the weekend and beyond. If you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives, do drop us a line via our social media at National World TV and on all other platforms at National World. We'd love for you to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible. We'll be back next week for more Screen Babble. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.